Welcome back, everyone, to the Captain's Log for March 28th. Ian and Aaron back again here to run through some of the releases, expansions, and news from the last couple weeks. We're going to jump right into it. Our first release is a new Marvel-themed edition of Fantasy Realms called Marvel Remix. Run us through that. Yeah, so uh, published by WizKids, everyone's favorite publisher of uh, licensed titles. Uh, it's same basic mechanics of Fantasy Realms, uh, also re-implemented by uh, Dice Pirates' favorite Red Rising. Uh, you're going to be drawing different cards into your hand. These are all going to feature, you know, iconic Marvel uh, characters. You know, your your, your Thors, your Spidermans, your Captains of America, uh, as well as locations like the Shield Base and items such as Mjolnir. Uh, and the the goal is, you know, certain cards Thor will probably, you know, Thor will give you more points if you have Mjolnir in hand as well. Uh, there will also be villains that will give you uh, huge negative points unless you have a specific combo of other cards in your hand as well, in which case you can then turn that positive, creating big swings by taking, you know, something that, that everyone else might try to avoid. So uh, I haven't actually ever played the original Fantasy Realms, but I am, I you know, I got to admit it, I'm a, I'm a huge Marvel fanboy, and I'm very much looking forward to this. Well, at least you admit it. Moving on, a new D&D book is coming out. It is called Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel. It is the first D&D uh, book to have a project lead who is a person of color. Additionally, all of the 13 different scenarios and stories were also written by people of color. The rules developers, the edit, one of the, some of the editors, the cultural consultants, the co-art director, the marketing lead, a lot of them are women of color or people of color. Genuinely a, a big effort to bring a lot of people in and give them a space that you don't see a lot in that space, which is fantastic, very exciting to see. And the book itself looks quite interesting, a lot of new stuff in there. Yeah, the uh, artwork and especially the alternate cover art looks really awesome. And it looks like uh, even though it's an anthology series where each thing is, is a unique standalone, uh, the Radiant Citadel is kind of this this city-state that will be your your home base between all of these adventures. And they do have that common narrative thread between all of them that you can just take one out of the book, insert it in your campaign, or, you know, it's also kind of set up that you can run your party through the book, which is, you know, you, you really appreciate the, the modularity of it all. Next up, we have a actually new uh, American release of an existing game, Brazil Imperial, designed by Zé Mendes. I hope I pronounced that correctly. It is a it was originally a Brazilian game that is now being co-published by Portal Games to come to the English market, bringing it to North America. And this is the second one, the uh, second game that Portal Games has co-published to bring to the English market. So it seems like they're doing a lot of searching around, finding games that we don't have here that they can bring. So it looks fascinating. It is a fast-paced 4X game, which is, is always exciting to see, and seems like there's a, it's a fascinating perspective to have as well. So very exciting there. 
Yeah, don't uh, be honest. I don't know anything about the game. Uh, I am a big fan of the first party stuff that Portal Games has put out. Uh, and I mean, a, a fast paced 4x Euro, if that if those words don't set your heart all the Twitter, then you and I hang out in different groups. All right, and moving on to the expansions. Uh, first up, we've got popular, very popular, uh, Villainous. It's coming out with a, another new standalone expansion, as they like to do. This will be the fifth title in the core Villainous series, Bigger and Badder. This will be the first expansion in the Villainous series to feature Pixar characters, uh, including in The Incredibles Syndrome, Toy Story 3's Lotso, and for all you OG diehard, died-in-the-wool Disney files, uh, all the way back from Sword in the Stone, we've got Madam Mim. Now that is a deep cut right there. Our next expansion, we have a second expansion for Parks. It's the new expansion, Wildlife. Going to add some more mechanics that involve wildlife tokens, get a little bit more wilds in there. Got some new campsites that allow stuff and a new uh, mechanic that they have for discarding gear so that as the game goes on, the gear that people don't want doesn't just sit there not being purchased. There might be interesting things happen. So looks like it shakes things up just enough to be interesting. And if you enjoyed the original parks and the expansion Nightfall, you will probably enjoy this as well. Absolutely. I mean, look, further mechanics for wildlife tokens, all that tells me is that if they need to just, I want more, I need, I need more fun little, little friends to put in front of me as I'm playing the game. I will completely lose the game and just focus entirely on getting more of those fun little wildlife tokens because there's so many of them and they're so fun. This is something I know the core Dice Pirates crew is going to be very excited about. Finally, Another expansion for Star Wars Outer Rim, Unfinished Business. Ian, I know you know a lot more about this than I do. Yeah, so this one adds in some new mechanics. You get some core worlds. You also get a bunch of new characters, and I think that's where a lot of people are going to enjoy and pick up the expansion for. You get characters from the new shows. You get characters from the new films. A lot of characters such as Chewbacca that were originally just contacts that you could have, you can now actually play so if you enjoyed the game, but you want more out of it, or if you just wanted to actually get to experience kind of the, the modern Star Wars, then definitely worth picking up. Looks like it adds a, a lot of fun. Well, Ian, you know, it's, uh, it's that time of the year again. The leaves are changing. Birds are chirping. And that can only mean one thing. More Settlers of Catan. We've got a new release <laughs> New standalone game in the series, Catan, Dawn of Mankind. It wouldn't be a captain's log if there wasn't some Catan-related news. Catan or Carcassonne, always one of them. Something's coming out, but of course they do have a new game, like you said, following their Catan history series of games. Looks interesting. A big piece of news, uh, BGG-related, Tigris and Euphrates has been knocked off of the BGG Top 100. It has been there since the site started back in 2001. It was number one, but it is no 
longer on the top 100. And I see that, Aaron, you've made a note that there are no more Knizia games in the top 100. Is that true? It's true. Uh, this was the uh, the last of his games. Well, the last of his games that were currently on the list. I'm sure he will publish something before this episode posts that will quickly climb the ranks. I'm not the, the doctor of game design for anything. Um, and I was doing a little more reading. We'll include a link uh, to the original Top 100 ranking now there are only two games remaining from that list, uh, which are Crokinole and El Grande. Uh, I'll admit I've never played El Grande. I've heard good things about it. Crokinole seems like a thing that can never go away. It's. Have you ever played Crokinole, Ian? I haven't, but I've played games very similar, very similar to it. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, you should watch Shut Up and Sit Down's review of Crokinole. It is delightful. It is hilarious. It is very fun, and it's a game that if you get the chance to play, you probably should. But it is sad to see that his games have moved off, but amazing that they've been there so long. It truly speaks to how just long, long he's been around, of course, but how solid he's been over time. Speaking of BGG, there is also a new app that has come out for BGG. Yes, they have officially launched their new uh their new app uh famously kind of kind of famously in certain circles uh board game geek has not really had an official app they there've been countless uh third party apps uh i know you and i are big fans of bg stats which allows you to record your games and automatically push those to your board game geek profile there are also like I said, just myriad apps that'll. Some are better at browsing the forums. Some are better at, um, ma- you know, maintaining your collection. Uh, but this is their first official first party for a currently only for, for iOS. Uh, but hopefully there's an Android release on the horizon. Uh, and stepping back a little bit earlier in the episode, we talked about uh, the new villainous expansion. Marvel and Disney villainous, according to a spokesperson from Ravensburger, uh, combined Marvel and Disney villainous have sold over 3 million copies, which is astoundingly huge numbers for board games. Uh, these are, you know, they're, they're obviously, these are not up there with Gloomhaven in, in level of, of depth or complexity, but these are still a lot more to wrap your head around than Monopoly or Uno. So the fact that they have hit 3 million copies really speaks to their success as well as just the overall growth of board gaming as a hobby. So that's... that's I have only played Villainous once and did not care for it, but it is still very exciting to see that level of success it's kind of insane it's actually amazing to see just like you said like the expansion of the hobby i think you know maybe 50 years from now villainous is going to be what monopoly is to us i mean monopoly has sold i think since 1935 about 250 games so that's like two and a half million a year something like and so i mean that's you know that's 
relatively comparable numbers. I think you're going to see a lot of people getting started with uh, the villainous into tabletop games. And as much as I may personally dislike the game, that's a great place to start. Moving on, Asmodee Digital has partnered with Tilt5 for some augmented reality games. If you're not aware of what Tilt5 is, apparently they did have a Kickstarter and they are building tables that contain a, uh, a screen, a lot of tech in the middle of the, the table that allows you to put on glasses and have an augmented reality hologram that you can interact with. They have like a little wand that you're able to use as a controller. It looks like a very interesting mesh of the video games joining tabletop games and, and VR technology and AR technology. It looks genuinely fascinating. I don't know how exactly it seems very expensive. It seems like a very niche thing, but it's fascinating to see them doing something different. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, with any burgeoning technology, not that augmented reality is, is really that new, but at the, the consumer level that they're targeting, you know, it's it's kind of an odd throw to me. Uh, looks like the, the headset itself is about $350, $400, which is, you could get a xbox series s or nintendo switch and still have money left over for a game not that those are the same thing but that is a a huge commitment uh you also the headset has to be connected to your computer in order for the whole system to work which seems kind of limiting but they are partnering with asmodee digital if anyone can make this a thing that people know about, care about, and have in their homes. There's there is no other company that has the the reach and the financial backing to make that happen. So it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see how this turns out. Uh, you know, I'm I am not the person who is against technology at the board game table, as we have discussed previously on this show. But even this seems like a little bit much to me. And finally, last bit of, of news, uh, Van Ryder Games and Lucky Duck Games are teaming up to publish Dark Quarter, which is a cooperative uh, mystery investigation game using the same framework that they've used in uh, Chronicles of Crime and one of my personal favorites, Destinies, where... You have your player board, you're still rolling physical dice, manipulating things on the table, but then you also have uh, a laptop, an iPad, something like that, running the app that is hosting the game that is doing all of the heavy lifting of the rules so you don't have to crunch all of that in your head, as well as, uh, Ian, we were talking before the show, you mentioned it has the ability to actually genuinely surprise you because you can't accidentally read ahead in the random encounters book and see something you weren't supposed to, you know, it's, it can has the, the possibility to dynamically generate things that you did not see coming. And this is almost counter to, to my take on the last story. Really excited about this. I think this is a, a very cool concept and, I'm a big fan of, of Destinies, like I said, as well as some of other uh, of Van Ryder games, previous titles. So really looking forward to see how that shakes out. 
that is going to be the news for this week. Of course, keep an eye out for a new episode of the main podcast dropping next week. But until then, as always, we will be right here on the Dice Pirates. Play more games.